On another note entirely, there's a new Mean Girls film out this weekend, more based on the Mean Girls stage musical. The original Mean Girls movie, of course, is one of the quintessential kind of high school films. It came out about 20 years ago, I think. Uh, I'm joined now by author Anna Carey, who writes young adult fiction. Uh, Hi, Anna. Hello, Brendan. And we are going to discuss why high school or secondary school, as we call it in this country, is such a a rich setting for um, films and TV shows. Will you remind us first, Anna, of the cultural phenomenon that was the original Mean Girls movie 20 years ago? Yeah, I mean, it literally is 20 years ago. It came out in 2004 and it was written by Tina Fey when she was a staff writer at Saturday Night Live. Um, And it was based on a non-fiction book called Queen Bees and Wannabes, which was about sort of high school cliques and uh, um, and sort of girl bullying in um, in American high schools. And apparently Tina Fey originally saw it as being sort of a better teacher, you know, a teacher coming to a school and sorting out all the bitchiness. But then she realised, she said in a New York Times interview, the girls were the interesting part. (laughs) And... Um, and she she was not wrong. Yeah, yeah. And listen, no teacher could get to the bottom of that kind of thing. Um, and what is it about the the high school experience or that period of life that makes it such a popular setting for films, books, everything? Well, actually, in the same New York Times interview, I think Tina Fey kind of summed it up because she said she'd been more or less, you know, unofficially approached about doing a sequel with the adults, the adult version of the original characters. But she pointed out that part of why the stakes are so high in the original story, she said, is because everyone's so young, feelings are huge, love Mm. is huge, friendship is huge in a way that it isn't with middle-aged people. And I think that kind of sums up the appeal of the high school drama. It's because everything is really heightened because it's the first time all these big emotions and big, you know, bust ups and friendship things actually happen. So they have way, way more impact than they do when, you know, it's 25, 30 years later and it's uh, everything's slightly less dramatic in most of our lives. Yeah. And do we also, are, are we more subtle about things like social hierarchies and who's in and who's out when we get older? Like it's still there, but it, it's, ver- it's very much, I think still in, in, um, in, in, in the teen years in school, it, it's very explicit, isn't it? Who the in-group are, who the out-group are, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it definitely always is in teen dramas. I don't. It wasn't in my in my convent school in Drumcondra no. in, in, uh, in the late eighties, early nineties. But I think it can be. You know, I've heard of people who went to like rugby schools where the um, a far cry from a convent school in, in Drumcondra, but where you know sports t- like members of the team like literally got special privileges. And definitely in America, it seems that everything was a lot more codified. Like you've had your clique, you've stuck with it. And um, and there was, you know, you were all sort of moving on parallel tracks. But I think that's why it's it's so good for, um, for dramas and probably why most of the big teens things have been American, where these things seem to be a lot more explicit and possibly more glamorous than they are in uh, on in, this side. In, of the, in the Irish convent schools, yes, I hear you. <laughs> exactly. So, so take us through um, the, the kind of history and the evolution of it and some of your kind of favourites. 
Well, I mean, it goes, the, the teenagers kind of invented as a phenomenon in the post-war, World War II years when, you know, in, in Britain and America anyway, teenagers had, you know, they were they had more money um, and they became a sort of consumer target. And then you get like the teen exploitation films from the 50s, you get things like concrete, uh, uh, the Blackboard Jungle, you get... Uh, a rebel without a cause and then you get the more cutesy stuff like Gidget with Sally oh, yeah. Field yeah. which is you know very wholesome so at the same time there's the like there's the wild teens uh, rock and rolling all over the place but yeah. then you get the wholesome surfer teens and by the time we get to the to the 80s we're, we're in that golden age of the first golden age of teen films with the John Hughes stuff um, and by the 90s it's more moved to to TV with shows like Buffy and Freaks and Geeks and Dawson's Creek, um, which became massive phenomenons. And it's it's hasn't stopped. I mean, we've, yeah. you know, recent it, years... It has a bec- yeah. it's become a bit more nuanced and sophisticated as it's moved on as well, hasn't it? Like, but, like the, there was still that kind of... Um, that kind of you know glam in and out kind of thing when when yeah. I would have been you know in that space, but stuff like my so-called life and all that, the more kind of emo-y kind of side of things maybe started moving in. Yeah, and it was a lot more realistic. Like even something like the Breakfast Club, which is very you know explicitly about uh, from the mid eighties, which is explicitly about as you say those hierarchies and and cliques still has a slight sort of, you know, it's got that John Hughes sheen on it to some extent. Whereas my so-called life, which came out in um, 94 when I was um, 93, but I was barely still a teenager, feels a lot more real. And Angela, who's played by Claire Danes and like her, for, you know, her big breakthrough role, feels like a real teenager. She, She was an actual teenager, unlike some people who played teens on screen. She's got the awkward of a teenager and I think that's the big difference and the really groundbreaking thing about my so-called life is that it showed teenagers as the sort of awkward not totally outcast not super glamorous um not as you know cool as they might want to be or as cool as they think they are the, the way that most people actually are yeah, as teenagers yeah. and that was a huge deal and you know especially as the, at the time the big teen shows were things like Beverly Hills 90210 uh, which were no resemblance to real teen life uh, whatsoever. No and, and and that did have a touch of what we you alluded to there of like middle-aged people playing, playing teenager <laughs> people people who are well into their 20s certainly oh my god I was like I was at the you know a teenage more or less the same age as the characters maybe a year younger than the Beverly Hills 902 um stars and characters and not the stars I was considerably younger than the stars but it was like a standard <laughs> joke among teenagers yeah. at the time that the actress who played Andrea looked about 35 and she actually was about 32. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that that was the the most obvious example of it and I think people realize that it started looking a bit ridiculous, especially, you know, a, a couple of years into a show somebody might have been able to pass for vaguely 17 when they were 20 suddenly could not pass for 18 when you know when they were 
21 or 22. And of course, that was, it was before we had the miracles of uh, of plastic surgery and fillers and everything that we have now as well. So talk to yes. me about the current um, generation of teen stuff as well. I mean, I suppose euphoria and skins and things like that have got a lot of attention in the last few years. They are a far cry from Saved by the Bell. They really are. And, uh, you know, some of the attention that they got was for the kind of sex and drugs and raving um, element. But especially with skins evolved into something a lot more complicated and sadder and um, and less hedonistic as it went on. Um, but then, you know, on the other hand, you have shows like Riverdale, which just finished, um, which decided to just go off the rails entirely. And uh, I don't know Riverdale. Because- what happened? Well, it's basically an adaptation of the, you know, classic American Archie comics, which on this side of the Atlantic, I think we mostly know from, you know, the cartoon um, that uh, that they used to show at RT back in the day. Uh, but, and of course, you know, Sugar Sugar, the the 60s pop hit. But they basically decide, decided to do a sort of initially gritty and later just completely unhinged camp melodrama um, update of this sort of wholesome American classic and it's produced a possible uh, Oscar winner or at least Oscar nominee because Charles Melton who was just in May-December the Todd Haynes film with Julianne Moore and Matthew Portman he played one of the main parts at Riverdale and really interestingly he said and this could be true of a lot of teen shows he um, he recently said that Riverdale was his Juilliard you know the elite American acting school because he was able to grow while working over it he was taking risks you know he got to work with loads of directors he got to work with loads of different people and that's the thing about those teen shows is that they can be a great way yeah. for you know for actors to get those meaty roles that aren't available in else in other sort of media. So look at home and away. It's given us half a Hollywood at this stage. Um, okay, yeah, exactly. Anna Carey, thank you very much. And in, in case people are wondering why you know so much about all this, uh, <laughs> you not only write young adult fiction. You have a podcast uh, about uh, this area as well. I do. Uh, Karen Moynihan and I have a podcast looking back at the Sweet Valley High series, which were the 80s and 90s literary, I mean, literary is pushing it a bit, but the um, <laughs> book equivalent of, uh, of those teen dramas, and which were massively popular um, all around the world. So we've been, for the last five or six years, we've been recapping each book with the uh, uh, with with great enjoyment um, and sort of affectionate mockery. Ah, Sweet Valley High. It's called Double Love is our okay. podcast after the first Sweet Valley book. Okay. Uh, author Anna Carey, thank you very much and we'll take a break. Email brendan at rte.ie 